the season of Lent. The week arrived where we were looking at the Bible reading that we've looked at this morning of Jesus being tempted in the wilderness. And we were focusing on what it means when we say those words that we will turn away from evil that we say in the baptism and the confirmation service. Now, as part of my Lent journey that year, I had, only for one year and one year only, decided to try and give up chocolate. A couple of days before I was due to lead the evening confirmation course on resisting temptation, I opened up my fridge. And this jumped out at me. They're everywhere at the moment. It jumped out at me from my fridge. And I looked at it. And I tried to resist it. I really did. And then... I failed and I ate it. Now, obviously, I couldn't lead that course without confessing what I'd done, so I told them, hoping it would help them simply picture our human weakness in the face of temptation. After some initial shock that did go on for quite a while, I tried to move things on, but throughout the rest of that evening and the following week, the conversation kept coming back to me eating the chocolate egg. Was it Satan tempting me, or was it God testing me? I added in another suggestion that it may be that I was just humanly weak-willed and loved chocolate. Lent is a time we often associate with giving something up. But it is so much more than that. And if we are giving something up, what are we giving it up for? Is it a giving up of something that draws us closer to God? Reverend Craig Gates has written these words, titled, Give Up. Give up grumbling. Instead, in everything, give thanks. Give up 10 to 15 minutes in bed. Instead, use that time for prayer, Bible study, and to be with Jesus. Give up looking at other people's worst points. Instead, concentrate on their best points. Give up speaking unkindly. Instead, let your speech be generous and understanding. Give up your hatred of anyone or anything. Instead, learn the discipline of love. Love covers a multitude of sins. Give up your worries and anxieties. Instead, trust God with them. Give up TV one evening a week. Instead, Visit someone who is lonely or sick 
giving the gift of your time. Give up buying luxuries for yourself. Instead, give the money to God's work. Give up judging by appearances and by the standard of our world. Instead, learn to give up yourself to God. Our Bible reading this morning is set in the scene of the wilderness. Barren, dry, harsh, lonely and unproductive. But wilderness experiences are not just physical. We can be living in a wilderness experience in our jobs, in our homes, in our relationships, in our journey of faith and in our personal worship. Yet as we look at the stories of biblical wildernesses, we see they are places where God shapes his people. Think of Moses and the burning bush. Consider the Israelites wandering in the desert for 40 years before entering the promised land. The wilderness is a place of waiting and vulnerability where we learn a new dependence on God. So it's no accident that Jesus winds up in the wilderness after his baptism. Now he's not lost his way. He's not being punished for something that he's done wrong. These are assumptions we can often make about our own wilderness experiences. When things get tough, when we feel tested or temptation comes our way, is it because I've done something wrong? Is it because I've got off track? Right at the beginning of chapter 4, we read, Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. The Greek word here for tempted can also mean tested. Tested for what? Prepared for what? Tested and prepared for the mission that God had entrusted to him. The wilderness is often used throughout the Bible to present a place of preparation, a place of waiting for God's next move. And our fallow time together has given us 40 days to ready our hearts, to prepare ourselves for our part in God's future mission here, for his next move in this place and in our lives. And note that the Holy Spirit was with Jesus throughout his wilderness experience. In Luke's alternative narrative, we read, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, was led into the wilderness. The Holy Spirit is with us too throughout our wilderness experiences. We are not alone. 
the Holy Spirit is ready there to bring direction, comfort and compassion to us in the darkest of valleys and the most barren of wildernesses. So after 40 days of fasting, you can imagine how hungry Jesus would be. And it's at this point he's tested and tempted. At his lowest, weakest, most vulnerable place, Jesus faces the first temptation to eat bread and gratify his immense physical hunger. The temptation of human gratification that's so prevalent in our culture today. We take measures into our own hands to satisfy the hungers of our life, our needs, our wants, our desires are met by ourselves rather than relying on Jesus to meet all our needs. The second temptation was the battle of power. Worship me and it will all be yours. What voices clamour around us, calling us to worship them? Where do we seek power and status for ourselves instead of glory for God? Desiring control over our own destiny and savouring success in the eyes of the world. What gets the worship of our hearts. Who holds the power in our lives? The last temptation was one of making unwise choices. Throw yourself down. Take the risk. It'll be fine. He'll catch you. Is choosing to live as we want, but with an expectation that God will rescue us when we decide we need him to. Life is full of choices and decisions, which in itself can feel like a wilderness to us. Voices whisper in our ear saying, there won't be any consequences for that. It's only a little wrong choice, and everybody does a bit of that anyway. It's fine. No one will even notice. And it's not harming anyone, really, is it? Is it? This morning, I wonder which wilderness experiences we relate to in our own lives. In this passage, we see Jesus guide us how to live through them. Every time Jesus was tested or tempted, we see him responding by turning to God's word. Every response he gives back to Satan is rooted 
in scripture. Something Kate brought out for us earlier in the service. Every response comes from the book of Deuteronomy. After 40 days in a wilderness without food, Jesus would have been tired and weary, starving and thirsty beyond what we could possibly ever imagine. And yet, his focus and trust remained steadfastly fixed on God's word and God's purposes. We've been studying the book of Nehemiah and we also saw in there how he remained steadfast in the face of opposition and attack to fulfil God's purposes in rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. He kept turning the people's attention back to God, God's purposes, God's promises, God's will and God's words. So when we face our own wilderness experiences, when we are tempted and tested, what do we turn to? Whose words do we lean on? If Jesus, God's son, knew his utter dependence upon the Father, surely we need to know that and live that too. Jesus renounced the temptation of physical bread because he knew it was God's words that were the bread of life that truly satisfies all our hungers. This morning, maybe there's a wilderness, a testing, a temptation that you are carrying. And of course, it will be different to the ones that we've read and seen that Jesus faced but it can achieve the same result. Either it draws us into wrongdoing and sin, distracts us and takes us away from all that God has commissioned us to be, all he's called us to do. Or it enables us to lean into God with utter dependence, to trust in his words, stand firm in his mission, despite the enemy, despite the attack. And when we do that, his mission, his kingdom, his glory is revealed. The enemy will do anything and everything to destroy the purposes and will of God in our lives and in our church. So may we be a people who stand firmly on God's word, trust in his faithfulness, remain steadfast in all he's commissioned us to do here so that his glory, his mission, and his kingdom will come. Amen. There's a song that we sing, We Bow Down 
and confess. Some of you might know it. We're just going to sing this song a few times over as we reflect on our personal journey through Lent. And then as that song comes to an end, we're actually going to do things a little bit differently this morning. We're going to end it by saying together a prayer of confession. Often we have the prayer of confession at the beginning of a service. Today we're having it towards the end to give us time just to reflect what is it we want to bring before God. Where do we need to unburden what we are carrying before him, knowing of his deep love for us, his faithfulness toward us. What wilderness, testing or temptation are we facing that we're trying to get through on our own? And instead, we need to bring it to God. We need to kneel before him and say, I'm giving this to you. I can't do it by myself anymore. So we're just going to quietly remain seated as we sing this song through. You might just want to listen if you know it. Do join in. We sometimes sing it at our prayer and praise evenings. And then we'll just go into a time of saying these words of confession together.